Some call it an awakening. Some call it a documentable move of God. Others call it revival. Whatever it is, we're going to talk about it right now. Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm David. And we took two mild cynics who share their self-proclaimed expertise in the fields of Christianity, church culture, music, sports, and current events. We put them in a room and hit record. Welcome to the Be Legit, Don't Suck podcast. Episode 10, everybody. We're here. We did it. Uh, We made it. (laughs) The little air horn. I, ha- I think I have an app for it, but I don't have it up right now. Um, hold on, I gotta like make sure we're on time. I've been keeping time with this thing. Yeah, you know? gotta keep um, the time, man. Dude, just being on point. I'm all about it. Well, be legit. Be legit. Keep time. Don't suck. Yeah, don't suck, man. We have what a what a journey. I bet you. I have no way of knowing the statistic, but I bet we have made it further than seventy five percent of podcasts. Yeah, prob- I probably. I mean, that's yeah. the number that sounds right to my head. Yeah, number 10 is tough. Yeah. Because uh, it was a lot of learning up at the top, mm-hmm. and you're kind of getting into groove. You know, we talked about this last week. What yeah. should we do special? I don't know. Like, the next milestone we said would be like 50. Yeah, 50 episodes is like a lot. And then 100. Yeah. And so we got a long a way to go there, but 10 episodes, that's like, We've been sitting here for a while, you know, yeah. just like doing it. And working around our, our schedules and stuff because yeah. we're pretty busy. We, there's a lot going on these yeah, days. There's a lot know? going on. And it's, I had this thought like this week where I'm like, man, I'm tired. I'm doing so much stuff. But it's a lot of it is my own fault because I like, oh, we're going to do this. Or we're going to schedule this thing. Or we're going to do this thing. So I have no one to blame but myself that I'm tired. When does but. that become dangerous? Um, like when you're scheduling too much stuff? Yeah, because like one part of me, I'm I'm very torn. One yeah. part of me says, kill it, man. Like yeah. crush it. Be legit. Don't suck. And yeah. the other side of me is like, they're, you know, overworking yourself. Yeah. Is you might as well just. Right. I uh, I think like for myself, warning signs I'm doing too much is if like I have no energy to like function like midday i'm like i'm tired and i can't sleep at night um if i just start getting really irritated and irritable like around like my wife or around people and then i don't want to be around anybody like when i start getting like i just i don't like anyone i don't want to do anything like when i start feeling that way i know i'm like putting too much on my plate what do you do you just take a break or I'll take off. a break. I'll uh when I become aware of it, it's a couple of things. So like right now where I'm at, um, we're doing a ton. It's just so busy and different things going on. So um, like I scheduled a little overnight getaway Friday night. Ah. Um my birthday's this week. Yeah, so, dude. Um that is. I told Maddie, I'm like, we should just take it's just one night, but let's just go somewhere, just you and me. Um, so she's scheduling it too, because it is my birthday, so I don't want to have to think about scheduling. <laughs> so uh, but we decided to like make sure we had like a getaway, and then we have a weekend with some friends next week. Nice. Um, so doing stuff like that, um, and then also I think I just have to relook at my schedule and create margin. Like, yeah. And it's hard because they're all things that I want to do, and all things that I'm like, oh, these are awesome. But start looking at what is something I can totally just give to someone else to do, um, or what's something I can just cancel altogether. Right. You know, because um, like an example would be. 
um, if I'm doing a lot of teaching for like our Sunday night youth, and I'm mm-hmm. I've gone like eight weeks solid of just teaching every single week. Yeah, I got great leaders. Yeah. There's no reason for me to keep doing that. Right. Even though in my head I'm like, well, I got to. Right. So then I just I'll schedule a ton of people like, hey, you speak this week, you speak that week. Yeah. And I'm not gonna prep a message. You just figure it out. Right. And uh, just trusting other people to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. How about you? What? How do you know when you've gone too far? Well, I think I'm learning that. Yeah. Because um, there, I guess the big question is, how do you know the difference between you need to just suck it up and press on, mm. press through? And I think a lot of those fathers who suck at being dads and who are not there <laughs> for their kids, they they sort of lost that point. They crossed that line yeah. into workaholic. Ooh. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe maybe the secret is in purpose. You know, maybe yeah. the secret is in when you when you have a clearly defined purpose. Yeah. Um. I don't know because yeah. like you know, getting money, making money. I don't feel like that's a purpose. Like no, not really to buy stuff. It can know? be a motivator, but it's not necessarily a purpose. No, I think when you have a greater purpose, then uh, things are a little bit more balanced and healthy mm-hmm. and. Well, number one, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And number two, um, you you have more, um, I don't know, margin to be aware mm-hmm. and to be like, oh, I think I've passed the point. I need to chill. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm still navigating that, you know? Yeah. It's a work in progress. Yeah, man. Well, and it's the American way just to grind. You know? Oh, yeah. Like we... I think we get off a little bit on the idea of like, oh, I'm so busy. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. when we have conversations. Rise and with grind. People. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see those videos of those dudes? They're like, hey, here's my uh, my one-day routine. I get up at 5 a.m. Like he has oh, a little alarm sound yeah. go off, which is traumatizing. He's like, oh, man, I love that sound. Get up at 5, <laughs> start my pre-workout. I get my reading in, hit the gym. Yeah. Then I make food. Then I shower. Then I call my associates or like my, you know, sponsors. Yeah. And then it's like eight. And you're like, dude, there's no way you live that life. Well, and that's and insane. You, well, I would say maybe they do. And a lot of billionaires do mm. live that life and millionaires. And they're in a prison. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, I don't feel sorry for them because they, yeah. they have the key in their hand. You ever think about, I was thinking <laughs> about this. It was someone like, on tiktok or something made a comment i'm like i've never thought of this but you get all those hustlers you know who are like here's how to make a million and like they're really big on like you gotta if you're not doing this to make all that money you're doing it wrong like they shame you for it yeah and the dude came on his like little duet of it he's like bro i'm not worried about if i make a million dollars i just want to like make sure i have a good life and be happy i don't care if i have a million yeah and i thought about that like do we obsess with like What's this obsession with the millionaire thing? Like even Dave Ramsey, his whole thing yeah. is like, oh, the average person to become a millionaire. Like you can become one. But is yeah. it wrong to say like, I don't want to be that. I just don't want to have debt. I want to enjoy my life with my family. Yeah. You know? I don't no, know. I, I think that's the better approach because um, it's like, what are you trying to prove? You know, we get back to that question. What are you trying to prove? I think um, here's the way I'm starting to see it. In my life, mm-hmm. I'm 30, what, 36, 37? I forget. And I think you're 36. Um, we're like 10 apart. Yeah. Nine ish apart. Yeah. I'm 36. And I'm starting to realize that it's not about what you have, but mm-hmm. it's about who you know. And yeah. it's about 
the friends around you. See, this is the whole problem. We don't want to collaborate and we don't want to work together on stuff. We uh, yeah. what do you what are you trying to prove? Well, you're trying to prove that you're the big yeah, you know what? I can do it. You can do it and yeah. you're you have a chip on your shoulder. Mm. But I think the better way to do it is to collaborate with people around you. People other other people have things you don't have, like for instance, resources. Yeah. And other people have uh, patience and maybe you don't have patience mm-hmm. and you start to delegate and you start to uh, collaborate with yeah. other people and lean on people and that sounds like a scary concept but honestly then you don't have to worry about anything right you know because you're it's not all on you what are you trying that's why i'm saying like purpose uh, to me wins the day mm-hmm. because if you're just trying to get a lot of money my, like what are you trying to prove like yeah, what's man. the point yeah what are you compensating for everyone wants to be warren buffett bro i don't know but bro. there's only the only reason we know his name is because there's only one warren buffett there's only one warren buffett yeah. and Hey man, good for him. He he did it. Good if job, he, bro. If he's ha- that's another thing. If he's happy, and if those yeah. people are happy grinding like that, great. I wouldn't yeah. be happy. No, I don't think I'd be happy living my life for money. Yeah, oh, but man. some people are. It's a dangerous hole, man. It's a dangerous hole for sure. And I like money. Yeah, I think it's a useful tool. Yeah, and it buys me time. Right, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, but it's the same curse of like if you're just really into buying a bunch of stuff, and then you like have all these credit cards loaded up and you have payments on a bunch of things like just different kinds of prisons man so you got to learn to like have some contentment be content in your life you know and there there are seasons you know there are seasons here's another thing people like to say i want to be debt free but there are seasons of debt when you're investing um there are seasons of debt yeah uh when you're just getting started there are seasons yeah. of debt if you take out student loans there are seasons of debt and then right. the, uh, the idea is to get out of it right but even when you get out of it there's a new season right. you know if you want to start a business and you got to take right. out a personal loan or yeah uh, oh man know. hopefully dave ramsey never hears this he would he would have our throats yeah i mean he can but, have whatever know. he wants i don't yeah. care <laughs> <laughs> he's not my dad yeah yeah <laughs> but I, I i think he's got a lot of great teachings but yeah but i think most people, they feel like their way is the only way. Yeah, and I and I'm like I'm so against that. I'm like there yeah, are man. many ways, and you pick what works for you. Right. So, Absolutely. Oh yeah. It's you know like I would love to have a jet ski. I I love jet skis. They're dope. I would love to have one, but there's no need for me to buy one at this moment in my life, and I'm in no rush to buy a jet no. ski. You know, maybe I'll own one one day, but sure. Or, there are way more priorities in my life, and I don't need it to enjoy my life at this point. Maybe one day you'll rent one. Oh, yeah. I can or, rent one. Or maybe one day you got a homie that has one. Yeah, dude. Or well, you own one. The only way I've like really enjoyed it is because my parents have one, so anytime we went home, it's like, oh, we'll yeah. ride jet skis. Great. It's, like, it's like, a, like a baby. Yeah. I'm at a point now where I would like to just have a baby for an hour. Yeah. Or two. So you can cute. hold it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This happened recently. Uh, my buddy Nick and uh, my buddies Nick and Selena Scafetti, mm-hmm. they're here uh, visiting. Mm-hmm. And we got to just uh, take care of their baby. We're it. like, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of we'll take care of your little tyke, little Tiago. <laughs> yeah. And you guys go to the mall. And, nice. bro, that was perfect because it's just like, I don't want all this responsibility. Yeah, you just get to hang out, have fun with the baby. Yes. And then you give it back. It's like my Xbox, my freaking yeah. old Xbox. Oh, <laughs> you only want it for a little bit in small doses. In small doses, man. Yeah, like man. I have I keep telling myself, yeah, I go through this. Oh yeah. Like, okay, I should play that because it's a good stress reliever. Yeah. And I I always want choose work over that. And I yeah. just I gotta do it sometimes, but yeah. um 
but I, I'm not, I'm not going to spend all kinds of money on a new whatever, and it's just yeah. going to sit there. So, anyways, I get it, man. Yeah, I get it. It's my life, bro. Live I live it the life. way I want it. Live, live your, your life. life. Hey. Instead of chasing that bye bye. Hey, it's <laughs> a good song. Um, okay, so talking about purpose, but the thing I did want to talk about today, I think, would be a good conversation for us to have. Um, because it's something that we're seeing as a shift, I think, in our church community here and in people, and something we've been praying about and desiring for a long time, um, is this idea of revival. Yeah. Fun word, revival. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's kind of a buzzword in like the church community yeah. overall. Like, you know, uh, Bethel had a more recent album, Revival's in the Air. Yeah. And it's a word people use and whatnot, um, and it sounds really exciting, but I don't know if we really like define it. What does that mean? What are we asking for? Uh, and what does it look like when revival actually happens? You know. Yeah. So, let um, start there is like that question: What is revival? Yeah, it makes me think about a couple other words like awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me think about move of God. Yeah, and, you know, at Evergreen we call it a documentable move of God. Mm. Um, it it does. It, I think, I think what it means, all of those mean the same thing. Yeah, and I think what they mean is um, the where you come to the point in your faith that it becomes real. Mm. The pages come to life. Mm-hmm. The the biblical uh, stories and the biblical history that we read, you know, the early church and the historical, um, the, the historical content that we get, it becomes like real and you start to see it happen in your life and you start to see it happen around you. Yeah. Um, you know, passionately worshiping God, for instance, demonstrative mm-hmm. acts of worship, mm. but it goes even deeper, I think, like a true revival begins at the soul level mm. where many people have like this awakening. Mm-hmm. And I always think about the prodigal son. Mm. The prodigal son is essentially most of us believers in the United States. Right. We said, I want all the good stuff uh, with zero responsibility. Mm. So we go and take our inheritance. And here's the thing about God, like why does, the, why does it rain on the... The just and the unjust, right? Mm-hmm. I answered this in my Spanish podcast. It's because this universe has been kissed by the glory of God, mm-hmm. and the glory of God is His grace. Yeah, and we were talking about this earlier. So, it everything is kissed by His glory and His grace. Everything mm-hmm. is touched by it. Everything yeah. has the essence of God in it. Right. So, because of that, when you plant seed, it grows. No matter who you are. It just grows because God is good, mm. and it grows because His glory is all over the freaking place. Right. So, uh, where was I going with that? I don't know. I was. It, I, I think it had something to do with. Yeah. Well, you're ta- just talking about how His glory is there, and then it becomes real to people. That's right? what it is. Yeah. 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 It becomes real, and uh, that was sort of the prodigal son, um, and oh, and he. This is this is what we want. We just want all the good things, and the good things are to be had. Yeah, because they're all over the place. I mean, what we just talked about. If you hustle 
and you work your ass off, mm-hmm. you're going to make a lot of money sure. and you're going to be successful and, pro- and you can be a millionaire. Like literally anyone can be a millionaire. Am I yeah. wrong? Uh, I mean, some would disagree with you, but uh, yeah, I, I would say generally, yes. Generally speaking, even the worst of the worst. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to be a drug dealer, you can become a millionaire. Oh, yeah. If you work hard enough. Yeah. You know, that, that's horrible <laughs> advice. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't want anyone to do that, but you could in the world that we have. Right. And I'm, and it's, it is that way because everything has the essence and goodness of God in it. Mm. You know, it's all over the place. So I go back to the the sower who plants the yeah. <clears throat> seed, and it's going to rain right. and sunshine. There's going to be sunshine. Right? Do they deserve it? Probably not. Does yeah. it happen all the time? Right. You know. So I feel like um, revival is when the like the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. There's an awakening to what am I doing? Right. I, first of all. I'm not happy. Yeah. I've blown everything I was given. Right. Uh, you. Everybody comes to this rock bottom place. Yeah. Those who have been, those who consider themselves trapped in God's grace, like myself, like yourself. Right. Like we feel like God reached to us. He brought us into his home. Mm-hmm. We're trapped in his grace. That's a really good thing, even though it sounds bad. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, ah, I can't get out. Yeah. Hey, good for you. If yeah. You can't get out of God's grace. And right. The revival is in the mind, and it's like in the heart and the soul. Like you woke up, like the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. That to me is revival. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's definitely in the heart of the person. Like I know so many, especially coming out of like Bible school, and then people who come out of like the Bethel world or um, like the worship movement type stuff. Yeah. Um, they look at like the early 20th century, like Azusa Street, the Azusa Street revival, like right. happened in California, like, oh, it's just a prayer meeting and it blew up and thousands of people came to Jesus. Right. Um, stuff like that. And yeah, it happened and it's powerful, but there's things that lead up to that, yeah. you know? Um, they see it as like, okay, then we just have to have a, as many like prayer meetings and worship meetings and go as hard as we can until something happens. Everybody just starts walking in. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it can happen, but I think that, issue is you're we're missing that point of there's some conviction there like you're saying there's this like what am i doing with my life and you know when you mentioned we talked about the glory of god earlier mm-hmm. when you come face to face with his glory like the first thing it does like you read isaiah 6 it creates almost this terror right you're like yeah. oh crap like what is wrong with me like i am so sinful and messed up and here is this glorious, powerful God. Mm-hmm. And then it's in that we then see his grace and forgiveness and the purifying of us that creates this revival and this worship that says, yeah. okay, God, I'm all yours. Um, and that's what we're seeking in people. But it is yeah. very much in the individual before it's like a collective group. Yeah. Um, and it can happen all at once, and that's kind of what they look at when you see like those street revivals, those tent yeah. revivals. Yeah. Um, but it is very much to like we all need this personal revival, um, and I think for some of us who are in the church, we've been sleeping, man. We've been zombies, um, yeah. and getting back. I think of in Revelation two, uh, in the letter to Ephesus, in his what Jesus says to them, he's like, "You've done all these things. You've like committed, you know, to the poor and all these good things. But this fault I have against you is you've forgotten your first love." So return to the things that you did before and how you just pursued me with all this love and this yeah. passion. 
um, they became kind of performance based. You know, yeah. that's what he's talking yeah. about. I, so I think about. Uh, well, I was going to ask you this question. I don't know if it's yeah. going to derail the conversation, but I don't know. I, I was curious about. <laughs> Because I, you know, you re- you referenced Isaiah, right? Woe yeah. is me, I'm undone. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, "I'm a man of unclean lips." Yeah. So first question is, you're the Bible scholar here. Oh, so boy. what does that even mean? Why does he say, "I'm"? I, I, and I don't know if that's gonna add anything to this conversation. And then I have another question, um, which I'll ask after that. So. Okay. Uh, just that unclean lips yeah. thing. Um, I think, as best as I can understand it, is just a representation, a description of, like, sin, um, you know, because even Jesus talks about what defiles you is what f- comes from within, not what goes into you, yeah. you know? When Jesus says, like, oh, you can eat anything, it's just because it's unclean, you know, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, that is directly referencing that. Like, it's what comes out of you, what's in your heart, what comes out of your mouth that is defiling because it's from within you. Mm. So if I'm a man of unclean lips, it's because of what's within me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, I come from a people of unclean lips. Like, it is not just me, it is who we are. Yeah. Um, and then it has the imagery of the coal from the altar touching his lips and mm-hmm. making him clean. Yeah. Um, so what goes within him, which being, you know, yeah. Jesus and everything like that. So that would kind of be my answer. Yeah, no. Wow, look at you, man. I don't know, bro. You, you're just dope. You're just legit. <laughs> I don't know. So don't know. The, second, <laughs> the second question I have, which was... Yeah. To get us back on track, yeah, um, it had to do with. So, what do you? How do you respond to a person, right? That says, "Man, I, I, I'm doing well, and I'm healthy, and I have a good job. I have a beautiful family. Maybe let's say they're married, but even if they're not, let's just say they're just doing well for themselves." Mm-hmm. They have healthy relationships around them. Uh, they they have fun. They help people. Mm-hmm. Um, would would they be listening to this and saying, "What do I need to be on fire for God for?" Mm. That's an interesting question. You know what I mean? Like, like they're comfortable. Yeah, and and it could be. Yeah, it could be. Um, Someone who occasionally goes to church, but not it's not really They're a not big super deal. Committed. Yeah. You know? Uh yeah. I Which think is a lot of people especially, in America. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in our culture, that is probably a common denominator. Um I think with them it's that person you have to wake them up to a desperate need for his presence in your life. Because my argument would be if you're just feeling comfy and you feel good, and like like I would want a definition of they help people. Is it are you writing checks? Are you you know um, like what does that look like in their life? Yeah. Um, so let me because yeah. I because I feel like a lot of people feel like they're good, good to others, yeah. and they have friends that will come cry to them, cry on their shoulder, so they're a shoulder to cry on, yeah. and and they encourage them with with encouraging words maybe they write checks right you know uh maybe they even support uh charities and things mm. of that nature yeah maybe they put a buck in the in the bucket at mm. church you know yeah again i'm describing the typical yeah person middle class american right you know? yeah um man and that's it is challenging because there's nothing that i could say to that person I think that convinces them. 
I think this is a, you know, the Holy Spirit draws the individual kind of thing. Yeah. Where you need, and this is how revival happens, is the Holy Spirit comes in and creates this overwhelming awareness of yourself and of God, right? Yeah. This overwhelming sense of like, oh, I see myself now. Because um, maybe that person like feels like, yeah, I do these things, I'm a good person. But is that rooted in some pride? Are you prideful of, I can hold my own, I'm a self-made person? Um, or is it like yeah. you just need to control everything? Yeah. Um, unseating these things that actually are you are on the pedestal of your life, mm-hmm. not God. You know. So, so God is asking us. So you're saying God is disappointed with that person because that person is not. What is God asking? No, I think. Um, I don't think it's like a he's oh I'm so disappointed in you. I think it's a hey man wake up I got a I got a purpose for you. Mm-hmm. I have like uh, getting into a place where you're missional about it. So not necessarily like they have to be like totally bummed out about their life and like oh actually everything's crappy. Mm-hmm. Um you know cuz if they're maybe it's just waking up to like man my god's so good what do I do? Cuz mm-hmm. Isaiah his response because what happens is he's cleansed um and then God asks the question, who will go for us and who will I send? Mm. And so because of what has happened in Isaiah in that moment, mm. he cries out, here am I, send me. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, God gives him the call to like go and yeah. preach and proclaim. He, so He touches his lip with a, with a hot coal, almost, yeah. almost like, you're going to become my mouthpiece right. type deal, right? Yeah. Like you're going to speak on my behalf. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I think that is when we talk about, you know, we talk about oikos, like there are people in your life that God has placed there that you are called to, and it's Mm. specifically to you. So waking them up to that fact, it isn't even like, um, oh, you're well off and whatnot, like, okay, sell everything and go do this. It's like, no, wake up to the need of the people around you, you know, because they could be like investing in someone who's like, oh, they're down and out, you know, I'll give them some money, but can you help like them and their soul. Like God is putting you in a position where you could truly influence this person in a powerful way. Well, and there are people all around us who are, um, this, this is an unpopular church Mm. term, but I'll go ahead and use it. See what happens. Go for it. Uh, but who are demonically oppressed. Mm. And, uh, I mean, you look at the Pacific Northwest and we're not the only ones in the opioid epidemic crisis. Um, you know, you look at Ohio and they've been savagely just beat down with that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you look on the streets of Seattle Mm -hmm. and you see the people just asleep. Right. Medically. Right. You know? (laughs) And then, uh, it is demonic oppression. Yeah. And there's a big, there's a big piece to it there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can, you can say those people are sick, which they are. Mm-hmm. And you can say that they are depressed or low lives, you know, whatever you want to, however you want to label them. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to agree that there is some sort of spiritual right. oppression happening there. Right. So I wonder if what God is saying is, um, maybe not I'm disappointed, but I I think he is a little upset with yeah. believers in America that we're not, we're not hungry to reach those people yeah with because the here's why i feel like god is saying you need revival in your heart 
Yeah. I think he's saying it. You need to taste and see that I am good, mm-hmm. and you need to know that I am stirring things up in you so that. Right. And I feel like... To, yeah, yeah almost to like intercede for your community. Yeah. I was having this conversation with um, Ken and Maurer uh, oh, yeah. a while ago. We went to coffee, but we were talking about... Um, it was a conversation about, is Olympia where you want to live long term? Yeah. Um, you know, and like, there's great things about Olympia. There's things that suck. Um, mm-hmm. I hate the rain and the cold. I'm tired of it. Yeah. I see nice people. Today. It is a nice day. <laughs> um, I see people in Arizona and I get jealous because yeah. it's warm all year round. Yeah. All deserty. I could, I could do it. I could hang. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about the community side of that. Like when you commit to saying, oh, this is where I'm at. Yeah. Like this is where I'm going to live. This is where I'm going to raise my kids. It changes how you look at the place. Because now you're like, okay, what do I have to give in this? Like, how do I build a community I want to see for my kids? How do I build a community I want to see for the people around me, for my family? Yeah. Um, when you start thinking like that, I think there's people who think that way who aren't in the church. Obviously, they are like, oh, we need to improve our community and mm-hmm. um, or the homeless issue and stuff like that. But then... When you do that in the perspective of, man, our God is so powerful, and we are asking for revival um, yeah. for our community, because this is our community. Right. These are our people all yeah. around us, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I think about that a ton. Um, what's, the, what's the point? Yeah. You know? And that's the point. And, and, and here's, here's how I know it's a big, it's a big issue. I think um, anything that is popular with secularism and mm. New Ageism and paganism, which is you know Hollywood and yeah. governments, things like that, it's a lot of New Ageism, uh, secularism, whatever. Um, anything that's popular, look into it, because mm. more than likely it's a counterfeit of what God's original design is. Mm. So... Even though usually the anything secular we try to run from and we get kind of scared of, yeah, right, right, right. No, no, it, it's always a counterfeit. Right, it's always a like the way we the way we worship mm-hmm. uh, celebrities. Yeah, that is a counterfeit of how we're supposed to worship God. We're right. supposed to be like that with God. Yeah, like oh my God, I'm talking with him. Yeah, uh, right. you know, uh, I can't believe it. He's he's talking back to me. Right. Uh, you yeah. know, can I get a selfie? That like that. In awe of right. the person. We're supposed to be like that with God. So that's right. a direct counterfeit. Another direct counterfeit I see is woke culture. Mm. So woke culture um, in America is all about we've been lied to, mm. and uh, they've held back information, and we are we are waking up to how the world really is. Mm. Um, so that's why you see people wanting to rewrite history and you see because they're because they're saying we were lied to. And I understand where they're coming from, at least as far as like, yeah, yeah. being lied to sucks. Right. And you want to wake up the world. So it's right. woke culture is about correcting the sins of our ancestors. Right. Basically. Yeah. So that's a counterfeit of mm-hmm. revival. Yeah. Because revival is the same thing. Oh, absolutely. It's just waking you up to the realities of God's kingdom. Right. And waking you up to the reality of his, yeah. uh, of the fact that the battle is not down here in, yeah. the, in the physical world, but it's supernatural. Yeah. And it's happening, you know, I think there, I think Seattle is a stronghold mm-hmm. because of the flow of information, mm-hmm. probably 
the biggest flow of information goes through Seattle um, mm. next to, uh, what is it, um, the San Francisco Bay Area? What's that? Uh, area? Silicon yeah. Valley. Yeah, yeah. Silicon Valley and Seattle in the United States have some of the biggest flows of information. Am I right? You know, Microsoft, and then you have uh, Silicon yeah. Valley, yeah. Google, Amazon. They're all in our neck of the woods. Right. So if you ask me, and a lot of and a lot of servers are kept here too. Yeah. There's so much flow of information here. I really believe that that's what makes this a stronghold. Yeah. And so this is honestly, if you think about it, this is kind of where the battle is. Sure. Uh, you, an, another stronghold is New York. Yeah. Because of uh, Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And then Washington, D.C. because of government. Yeah. Um, which is why in the South, you see so much you know, of this amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit right. and people, you know, the Bible Belt sure. and call it fake or not or whatever, yeah. or Latin America, for instance, yeah. it's just, it's a revival. Well, it's funny. It's totally, it's different kinds of issues, right? Because like in the South, I remember talking to people from Oklahoma, part of a church on the move. And, you know, the issues they struggle with is people who assume they know everything there is to know about the Bible and church and Jesus and trying to get them and convince them that there is way more, and you're living in this falsehood yeah. that you're living full for Jesus just because you actually live here. You yeah. know, like there's that kind of issue. But where we're at is that issue of this is unchurched, this is rejection of God post-church. and gospel. Yeah, this is yeah. post church. Yeah. Um, and that, like you have all of the world's ideas. And this idea that we've got it all figured out on our own. We don't need anybody to tell us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of culture. And so yeah. that's what we're fighting against. You yeah. Know? And it, it, overall, America is just a stronghold. Yeah. Because you have the American dream, which, yeah. um, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm wrestling with this thought. Mm. Uh, and it's tough for me because I consider myself, you know, I'm proud of being American. Yeah. You were so... Yeah, USA. I love America. I love my country. I want to honor those who serve our country with their lives, dude. Yeah. Um, and yet, I get the sense that the country is already on a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it, it, I don't think it would surprise anybody if there was no more republic in the next 10, 15, 20 years, if sure. it just dissolved. I think everybody would say, yeah, we saw the signs. Yeah. They were there for many, many years. I mean, it was. Right. We're not talking about COVID. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about many, many years. But, and I'm starting, and that I used to be like freaked out about that. Like, <laughs> we can't let this happen. Right. And now I started. I feel like God's been saying, "Why don't you have that kind of allegiance to me?" Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, man. Could, well, because yeah. in our when we think, I think about this all the time. Like my primary identity and concern is not American. You know, yeah. I think we get that confused, especially in the church. We're yeah. like, oh, no, we're, it's uh, God and country, man, all day. Yeah. Um, which, you know, in honoring those who do serve and fight for our freedoms here and those who are committed, you know, to it. But that's, if this all goes to crap, that does not rattle who I am. That can't. Right. Because we are the church in the body of Christ. Right. It doesn't matter what this country becomes or what it's named. Right. You know, it would still stand it true that yeah. we are the church. No, yeah, absolutely. And I believe in uh I believe in 
um, a nation's right to to be sovereign and to right. have borders yeah. and to secure their borders. Right. And I, I think I think that's important. You know, you take a look at Israel, sure, and kind of the hostility that they live in. I think yeah, yeah they should have a right to uh, have sovereignty mm-hmm. and have borders. And if we had that kind of hostility here, which we don't, because you know Canada and Mexico, it's, yeah, know, they chilling. <clears throat> yeah, but but I we would want it more. Yeah, because of the hostility. So I'm not I'm not saying that. I think what's happening to me is that I'm less concerned about national pride, mm. and I'm starting to get more concerned with allegiance to God. Yeah, you know? I think that's a great point. I think, and I think that ties into revival. It was something we had a you know our Ancla worship workshop on uh, Saturday. Yvonne yeah. uh, Munoz and uh, Edward Rivera were here. There's a comment that Edward made that really spoke to me is like, when we start fearing like all these things, we get into a bubble where mm. we're like, okay, let's just hang with like be in our churches and just be like the church over here. And we're called to be salt, right? And he was right. using this analogy of like, if you, when you have salt on a meal, you don't put all the salt on the one side of the plate. <laughs> And it just sits there in a mound, and it's like its own thing. Eating it when you want it. Yeah. That's like, gross. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's disgusting. Let me put a salt. spoonful of salt in my mouth <laughs> right now. <laughs> salt. <laughs> oh, gross. But salt is meant to cover everything and season it mm-hmm. and be within it, all of it, right? Like salt's in every recipe. Salt yeah. is a part of like food and everything. Can, so, so hold that thought. Can yeah. I just uh, open up this thought? Yes. I wonder if that's why. Because we because we do church this way mm-hmm. in doses, yeah, and not evenly spread. I wonder if that's why so many people, as it pertains to the church, ended up salty. Ooh, ooh. Okay, anyways. Go yeah, ahead. no, I love that. No, <laughs> and I think that's true. We have like we've misunderstood the purpose of our mission is not Sunday buildings and like you know getting the revival to happen within the confines of four walls or a tent. Yeah. The revival is when everyone who is the body is on fire and says, I have a mission. And they yeah. go out there and then they're within, you know, the marketplace, they're within businesses, organizations, yeah. they're creative, they're artists, they're making things, building new things, creating new technology. Mm-hmm. And they are surrounding everything that's here. You yeah. know? Um that I think is how you start seeing revival because then it's people doing those things, but they have a purpose, yeah, an agenda, if you will. I don't know, yeah, but their purpose is I'm a representative of Jesus. I mm-hmm. am salt to this world, yeah. seasoning it with uh, the gospel and evenly, yes, and allowing it to dissolve, right? Which Get in mean, there. which means to mix in there, right? Yeah. And yeah, oh, that's a scary concept, right? Well, yeah. we we live in such a way we're afraid of everything man like we've gotten soft and pudgy or like oh i don't know about that oh that's scary yeah Um, that that what new ideas oh no yeah (laughs) like what like what like i'll give you an example what if uh you what if you are uh playing pickup basketball with a group of guys most Mm -hmm. of them aren't believers and afterward they're like hey let's all go get a beer Mm. right yeah so you can you can uh, peace out yeah but then you kind of lose an opportunity, don't you? Right. Well, that's where they're going to be most vulnerable and just yeah. like they're going to get into their real talk mode because they're just sitting having a drink. How many people, uh, I wonder how many people or people listening have ever been in a situation where they're, where they're sharing a, a, a cup 
mm-hmm. sharing a drink with someone. Yeah. And they just start to minister to that person. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think about my dad, yeah. who uh, his testimony is that um, th- that an angel, well, he, he believes it's an angel visited him while he was blind drunk <laughs> uh, nice. and, and told him, you know, come back to God. Yeah. Come back to God. And then the reason he thinks it's an angel is he was talking to the guy at a bar. Oh, yeah. And he's just, you know, he's having a drink with the guy. Right. And um, and then he went through this whole conversation with the guy about, man, you, you should, should probably go back, yeah. you know? And then the guy was gone. Yeah. You know? That's crazy. <laughs> <And> now, <laughs> uh, it could have been an angel because yeah. uh, in Revelations... Uh, ministers, mm-hmm. pastors, church leaders are described as angels. Right. You know, could it be that it was just some pastor that yeah. was just like, man, having a tough night? It's like, I, I'm going to go have a drink. Yeah. You know, hopefully none of my members see. Yeah. And then just started talking to <laughs> And them. then just whatever was, yeah. was, I mean, if God can use a donkey. Now, yeah. am I saying now, I, I do hear like alarms going off. People say, oh sure. my God, people have real yeah. issues with alcoholism. Yeah. And I want to I want to respect that, and I'm not making light of that because I think that's right. a real thing. But also, not everybody. Yeah, you know, not not everybody's in that situation. I wonder how many. Uh, you should send us a message or yeah. a DM or whatever. If you're like, dude, that has totally happened. I've totally done that. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to yeah. to to see how many people have had an right. experience like that because I'm sure it's had to have happened. Yeah, I think it's just it's the the idea being that no matter what, it's living unafraid. And living missionally, right? Mm. Um, I remember I saw it was like a comment or something on a video talking about uh, the church today, and you know, either we dive into conspiracy theories or we're just freaked out about everything. But I love the comment. It was how there's no way we can live as more than conquerors and co-heirs with Christ if we're constantly scared and being the victim. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, heck yeah, dude! Like, oh yeah, we're we're being attacked. Yeah, because oh, of no. our faith, right? Yeah. Like, stop being The liberals scared. are coming in, <laughs> and they're trying to take away... Yeah, like, oh, yeah. dude. Dude, like, stop being so scared. Yeah. Like, we're talking about the revival and the presence of God. What are you afraid of? Yeah, maybe like, invite a liberal to go have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Whoa. I don't know, man. I, I, yeah. I've, I do feel like, again, this goes back to my whole philosophy in life. Yeah. Blanket statements, not the way to go. Like, yeah. blanket... Uh, theology, not theology, blanket um, preferences. Yeah, are just you're just, you're looking for trouble. Yeah, like we talk about uh, what's his name, the finance guy, uh, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Yeah, um, yeah, and I don't have anything against him, but yeah. if I don't know if this is true, but if he feels like this is the only way to do it, he, maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah, but if he feels like this is the only way to do it, and if you're not doing it this way, you're an idiot. Then yeah. he's wrong. Right. Um, because that's not how the world works. Right. Uh, every, everything, everybody's different. You know, these are souls. Right. We are souls. We right. are individuals. Yeah. Um, with our creator is so legit that right. he made us all with individual mindsets and individual yeah. characteristics. We're not the same. Yeah. You know, you and I are not the same. Right. We get along because we share the same spirit, the Holy right. Spirit. But, at the end of the day, you're going to do things one way, I'm going to do things another way, and totally. we're happy. Yeah. It makes us happy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a good point to kind of wrap this up on. Yeah. Because uh, we keep going, bro. Yeah. Oh, dude, <laughs> I love this conversation. Um, I feel like I'm going to give like the application at the end of a sermon. But um, <laughs> here's the you know, application. Like, that revival being different in everybody, 
But to start like looking at what does that mean for you? What does that mean for your life, your family? And what would it look like if we all just within that began to intercede for our community and said, you know, not F this like fear that we live in, like F that feeling that, oh, we're just, you know, we got to be careful. As Christians, you got to be careful. You might just slip into your sin and then all of a sudden you're going to hell, dude. Like be real careful. Oh, yeah. Um, Lose that salvation in the the cushions of the couch. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, it's gone. Oh, my God. Um, But to live unafraid and to say, no, like that's trash. We are living, believing that God's going to do something powerful here. Um, yeah. And in every community, you know, maybe not everybody who's listening to this lives in Olympia. Maybe they live in, uh, I don't know. I keep saying Sheboygan, like for references <laughs> to other cities. I don't know where Sheboygan even is. Maybe you live there. It sounds close. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but wherever you're at, to start saying like, I want to see God do something here. Yeah. Um, and live in such a way that you would see that. Yeah. Revival for me, me personally, mm-hmm. David Reyes. Yes. Uh, revival for me is when uh, songs are flowing so quickly and so effortlessly that I'm like, I, I'm like, it, it's just dozens and dozens and dozens of songs that um, a mm-hmm. are exactly what people have been wanting to say. Yeah, and uh, b that are like songs that I enjoy. Yeah, I think that's revival for me. Also, revival for me is, and again, me personally, this yeah. is it's not a blanket thing. Yeah, revival for me is that I am so in tune with what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do that in my daily life um, and in any moment, I'm just identifying needs in people supernaturally, yeah. and I'm helping meet those needs, whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual, prophetic word, words of knowledge and wisdom. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to operate in that effortlessly, almost like a a sixth sense where um, I'm able to operate freely in and out of that gift, Mm. basically in and out of spiritual and physical, spiritual, physical, spiritual, physical, and navigate that effortlessly. That to me is revival Absolutely. In my heart. Yeah. You know, and I think everybody's different. Yeah. No, I love that, man. Yeah, I think for me it's uh it's that being so in tune with the Holy Spirit that it's just kind of this like consistent uh there's no living lines. with yeah, it's yeah. there's synergy, you know, it mm-hmm. just is like happening constantly. Um and so I think that's kind of where it starts for me. Um the where it envelops my, you know, songwriting, how I pastor people how i just hang out with people um and just living intentionally that way you know so yeah this has been great i i love this conversation maybe we can continue this at another episode or Mm -hmm. dive more into it but um yeah go and live that way man go see what revival is in your life and uh let's just let's be the body that sends it and be legit be legit and don't suck that just covers everything doesn't (laughs) it man that's awesome it does (laughs) (laughs) All right, people, have a great day. We'll talk to you later.